Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. 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 Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Ephraim Jr., and today we pulled Nautical Twilight. Five, four, What an exciting roller coaster. You're, you're just going to roll without an intro. All the way from <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, we have Michael Earp, who has their own podcast or used to. What happened to that podcast? Michael's Walk. Michael's Walk. Well, it served its purpose in recording the trip around America that we did following Scarlet. If the purpose is to keep up with your life, it did not serve its purpose. It currently does no, not serve it its purpose. To chronicle the trip. And we're not still traveling America like 18 months later, hate to say it. I know, but season two could be Michael's walk throughout life, you know, like Michael continues to walk. Well, we were waiting for an Australian tour. So season two could be the Australian tour, but that never happened. Let's be realistic about an Australian tour. You're not walking, you're flying, right? That's up flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we would fly everywhere. Yeah, Michael's flight. Oh, that's cute. You're welcome. You can have it. You can have it. Oh, oh okay, sure. Yeah. Hi, how are you? <clears throat> Choking on water. Oh. Um, I'm pretty good. I'm glad that the end of the year is he here. It's been so hectic. Really? Pardon me. What makes it so hectic? Well, I had an anthology come out, a collection of short stories come out in October. And so I had nearly two months of promotional, touring, events, interviews, all sorts of things for that. Um, and so that took up a lot of my time on top of my full-time day job. Every, and I was also editing two other anthologies that are coming out next year at the same time because they were about to go to print. And so it was everything all at once and I nearly died. But I didn't and I'm here and now I'm having a quiet few weeks before next year starts. You made it. I did. Where can people find your work if they want to look it up and see what you do? Uh, well, my website's got everything there. Uh, Michael Earp, E-A-R-P, like Wyatt Earp, dot net. I think that you're basically the same person, just in different verticals. Well, this is very true. And yeah. uh, my best friend from high school, his name is Wyatt. And so, um, you know, we had a lot of those jokes growing yeah. up. Well, that's cute. Everybody follow michaelerp.net and also Little Elfman on Instagram. Now, talk to us about Nautical Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Nautical Twilight. Well, you know, I just jumped straight into the ocean, like, uh, after your intro. Yeah, you were just choking on water. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, yeah. that's basically what this song is about, isn't it? Basically, yes. Being swallowed by his sea. Yes. Yeah. And giving yourself over and forgetting who you were beforehand. I think there's there's a lot to say in this about equilibrium in relationships and um, when one half of the relationship becomes too dominant and overbearing and the other sort of loses sight of who they were and what brings them joy and what gives them power. This falls on Night of Hunters, like halfway through the album, right? Where she, the album is a, a chronicle of a breakup. It starts with a breakup. It starts with shattered glass on the bedroom floor. Bathroom floor? Bedroom floor. Bedroom floor. <laughs> yeah. And yes. do you think that she realizes by this point that she was swallowed by his sea? That her city was swallowed? 
Yeah, well, the end of this song is, I can see I must activate the force of which I am made. What does that mean? Well, she says in the opening of this song that she turned her back on the force of which she Oh, <laughs> it's a journey. Yeah, yeah, we are, it's an epic journey if you um read those Tory quotes on yessaid.com. Which we do. We stand. So, okay, I followed Night of Hunters very, like, I was so into Night of Hunters when Night of Hunters came out. And I followed every song line. I was into the characters. I remember her saying her dream was to have a ballet of Night of Hunters be produced. And I still have that on my bucket list to do. I was really <laughs> into this album when it came out. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful album. It's amazing. And today, I'm sitting here with it thinking, how can this song relate to the self, is this song exercisable from a relationship? Have you ever found that you've swallowed your own city? Your own sea has swallowed your own city. Have you ever found yourself like split in between well, like, things that you wanted? Not so much in swallowing myself in that way, but I think you can get lost to your own expectations of yourself. And then you can sort of lose track of that compassion that's essential to sort of sustain an individual, like even directed towards yourself. And so if you get too caught up in this kind of perfect ideal of who you think you should be, then you can lose track of who you are and where you came from. So in that sense, yes, it could be uh, looked at in, in the sense of self. That's where it was hitting me today. That's all I wanted to like check in with you on since you're... I know that you've done a lot of work in that space on healing from like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, when I listened to this again because it got pulled, I was like, wow, this is kind of so closely aligned to what I was trying to unpack with Michael's Walk and with the memoir that I'm writing surrounding that. When you lose yourself or lose sight of what's important because you're constantly acquiescing in relationships and letting someone else get their way to the point where you don't even recognize yourself or feel like you have any say in anything that matters. And then here it is in Nautical Twilight, which was pulled for the episode that I'm on. So I know. I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. Yeah. And But then I listened to Night of Hunters all the way through again as well. I kind of feel like, for the most part, it's hard to view these songs as standalone yeah, tracks. They really do all feed into each other and build on the narrative that covers the entire... Like, even more so than Scarlet, I would say, these Night of Hunters is a story from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Even more than Pele, because I think that Pele is... Even though she says it's a novel from beginning to end, it's there's a, a bit of impressionism. This is, seems very literal. Yes. Like the whole yeah, the whole album is like, and then she even lays it out. Like at this point, Annabelle yeah. comes out and yeah, yeah. dances a ring of fire. I <laughs> love her for that. Um, I do too. Should you season three? Should that be Michael's Hunt? My, <laughs> well, uh, at one point when we were doing Michael's Walk, we were talking about what trips you would do for each album. Ooh. Um, like where in the world you would go if you were doing a road trip for each of the albums. And um, you have to get really creative for some of them because there's no sort of definite place. Like how do you get to, wh like which of the world's do drop-ins do you do drop into? Like Michael's Unrepentance. <laughs> <laughs> I want that one. Starts in America and then God knows where. 
Um, but the other thing that occurred to me when I was re-listening to all of this, particularly nautical twilight, was um, that it's all a metaphor for sort of mother nature and humans and how we're treating the planet and um, we are the abuser in that relationship. Because she calls in the forces, right? And the forces have actual yeah. character on this album. So I feel like the forces are, they have to protect themselves. They're protecting the children. They're protecting, yes. yeah. And we are we are really fucking them up. Well, even like there's the stanza in Nautical Twilight where she says, day after day, cities are betrayed and earthly sons lay their blame and she is boundless. By then she has been frayed. And like that comes directly after talking about him drinking his spices from his liquid mistress and then the world of uranium, greed and tyranny. So I'm like, yeah, that's pretty obvious that she's talking about the world right there. What do you do when you find out you're the abuser? What do you do when you find out that maybe you did something? And also simultaneously, like if you're involved in an abusive relationship on either end, it's got to be like somehow depleting, you know, it just like depletes. How do you solve these problems, Michael? Well, you start with yourself. Like it's the same when it comes to all kinds of expectations. I think like oh, when people set New Year's resolutions and they're like, this year I will be published or something. And it's like... How about you start with something that you have control over? You can set yourself the goal to write a book and send it out for submission, but like you have no control over if you're going to be published. So don't set goals that are out of your own control. So when it comes to reversing our abuse of the environment, you have to start with what is in your power. Like what can you reduce in your own life as far as impact and waste, uh, waste in particular is enormous and people sort of blind consumerism. I say knowing full well I work in the world of retail. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, there's just, there's so many little things that if individuals did. I saw a tweet from Greta Thunberg yesterday that was like, Love her, love her. We don't need conferences to talk about what to do. Like it's the billionaires that are, holding these conferences and the countries that are actually the main offenders just actually start doing something. <laughs> it all starts with self. <laughs> yeah, mind blown. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I just finished reading the first three Hunger Games books. And, oh, yes. Well, yeah, and I had never read them before, even though I've told some people I'm rereading them because I didn't want to seem like out of the know. But <laughs> I had never read them before, I'll be honest here. And I got to the end of the third one. Spoiler alert, although everybody's probably read it. It's not like a plot point but at the end she's like there's really nothing that came of any of this like no one benefits from people dying and from people murdering each other like nobody benefits so i think too when you're when you're saying like how do we reduce waste how do we if it's about what we can do in the new year or what we are going to do as opposed to something we can't control and the other thing is you don't have to wait till the new year oh yeah no that's true i just i have to wait till at least a monday This is how my mind works. I got to start on Monday. But like, how can you exhibit more patience or more kindness? Like even the energy is what I think uh, really fucks everything up. Yeah, absolutely. Like I can't comprehend people who are just so aggressive yeah, in their energy and, and uh, defensive too. People are so unwilling to listen that they, they're just, everyone is convinced that they're correct, regardless of what level of information they have previously received. Mm-hmm. And no one is willing to acknowledge that 
questioning any kind of information is actually a healthy thing to do. And so, yeah, I think being open is uh, a good way of going about the world. So to be open, that's... Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I try to, that's how I try and approach my life and my days. Like I just, I have what I need to get done, but like, I'm not shut off to opportunity as it arises um, or acknowledging that, you know, you don't always know what is going on in someone else's life. And so, I mean, this is where my therapist keeps telling me, you know, I have so much compassion for literally everyone else and I'll bend over backwards for this, that and the other. Mm. But then, oh, I'm still flogging myself senseless over what I did 20 years ago. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I seem to be incapable of giving myself any compassion, even though I'm like so on board with justifying everyone. Anytime someone does something that is disruptive or upsetting to me as an individual, my immediate reaction is to start thinking of all of the reasons why they may have done that, that justify it. And I never even allow myself to just sit in, in the, oh, well, that just hurt kind of moment. It's, um, yeah, like that was a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Already apologizing on their behalf basically it's so weird the way my mind works and this uh this has turned into a really random therapy session so <laughs> no thanks. but this is no this is really interesting because i i look at you to be such a kind person i mean i've read everybody michael sends out a i guess monthly newsletter would it yeah, be yeah monthly newsletter yeah and like i've kept up with you over the since we met on this show in 2020 yeah. Um, yeah. And I find you to be just delightful, lovely, sweet. And when we met in oh, I'm person. Sorry. I'm glad someone reads that newsletter. Oh, <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> but when you were here in LA in, I guess, was that 2022 tour or 2023 yeah, tour? Yeah, 2022. Yeah, yeah. You were just shining. So you were happy to be here, happy to be on your walk. And I don't, yeah, I, yeah. I would well, imagine that you'd show yourself that same kindness. I would imagine. Well, I, uh, yeah, it is. It's the one thing I struggle with most in this world. Don't let anyone swallow your city. Yeah, I need. They've been betrayed, uh, <laughs> as she says. Uh, well, you know, I'm perfectly comfortable with not solving anything here today. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Oh, I had another thought though that is oh, completely please. unrelated, and you may find freaking hilarious. I can't um, wait. You know how Tori always talks about songs coming to her as like fully formed celestial beings. <laughs> Half uh, listening through this today, uh, there was one moment where I realized that this song has a celestial being twin. Oh my that god, went to a completely different artist, no, um, and is a very, very different kind of girl. It is uh, Queen of Kings. <laughs> oh, stop, <laughs> Queen of the Kings, running so fast. Broken her keys, threw the keys. She will be the warrior for North and South Seas. Got raven hair, it's dark as night. I see eyes. Why do you think? Give me your. Give so me your... it was that moment where she really pauses on she is boundless. And I was like, yeah, what if she just like was fucking boundless and a banger on top of that? And then all of a sudden. <laughs> Oh yeah, her twin sister, who is the banger of the family, is um, Queen of Kings. Good for you. <laughs> I love it. I love Celestial. Do, do you think that there's any other twins in, in Tori's catalog, like actual Tori twins or other other twins? I mean, 
I'm sure there's plenty of Tory twins, but my brain doesn't work to tell you any off the top of my head. David and I were talking during the Venus season about like, I don't remember what song it was. I really feel like there's something on Venus that I can clearly track. Like that song went to this person. There's like another song called Detura by like a noise band that came out this last year. I'm like, okay, Detura is like bouncing around. Maybe the spiritual twin of lust would be Desire by Envo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just pop. They just pop off. Yeah, they go on their way. I like I like making those kind of associations, even if they don't seem likely. But they are, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Either. Like Queen of Kings is talking about this sort of mythical feminine who is like claiming the sea and going into battle, and I'm like, it's the same narrative that's in Nautical Twilight as well. So I don't know much about Alessandro. Is that was her album a song cycle? I literally have never heard any other songs except oh, that one. Okay, we're in the same. We're in the same. I'm pretty new to the whole Eurovision thing as well. So are you going to Eurovision this year with me? I'm going to Malmo. I I heard, uh, but no, I uh, have zero dollars and so I'm not going anywhere. So I've heard from people that the party is like citywide and that there's it's like basically going to be a party. And my friend who was supposed to get his tickets to the performances was unable to, but not by any fault of his own. He, when he logged in, he was like 122,000 in the queue. I'm not joking. So he was unable to get it. I know. And he was unable to get it was absurd. Taylor Swift could never. But anyway, he was unable to get tickets to any of the performances. So he's like, well, just hang out in the bar. I'm like, I'm going to Malmo to go to a bar. But he's like, no, I promise it's going to be amazing. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Trust you. Excellent. Well, what, yeah. we look That's... forward to your on the ground updates. Oh, I, I should do a tour all night for Eurovision. <laughs> Even though you're not actually at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. reporting live from outside the bar in yeah. Malmo. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So solving nothing. I agree that we need to work on ourselves and work on things that we can control. What are your New Year's resolutions? We're almost at the end of the year. What are you going to do? Um, I mean, my New Year's, New Year's resolution is pretty much the same every year. It has been for the last maybe 10 years. Mm. And it's simply want less. Want less? Yeah, want less. Mm. I keep needing to remind myself that I don't need things. I don't need to buy stuff to fill up my house. I don't need, basically that's it. It's, um, I guess that is my answer to consumerism and waste. Um, I just try and get a track, get a handle on that sort of buying frenzy, that advertising and everything. Like all those Instagram ads where they're like, look at this random, cute, awesome thing. And you're like, that's amazing. I want to buy it. And then you realize that you don't actually need a vase that looks like a whale. Well, that, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, everything else, no, I agree with you. Ever since I've been on medical leave and my income is a little less, I've been forced to want less. But I really yes. appreciate I've noticed too, like I'm on TikTok and every other, it's either an ad or someone is like an influencer and they're promoting something and yeah. it's too much. It speaks of contentment when you say want less. Yeah, and I guess that's what I'm aiming for. Like, the other thing is I own so much already that I haven't even used yet, as in, like, I own literally hundreds of books that I haven't read, but I still find myself buying books constantly. I stopped buying music in physical form with the exception of, like, maybe four or five artists. 
because like I don't actually use the physical thing I listen digitally and so it is just collecting stuff all of that sort of thing that's how I try and approach my my life I love it so books are your weakness Books are my weakness. I mean, all I do is books. Books are my life. I've had 20 years working in the book industry and um, it's all I ever want to do. And books Mm. will always, always be a weakness. So what is the best book of 2023? The one everybody needs to read? Well, one of the ones that I loved the most is called, um, that I read this year, I should preface with that, Um, is called The Spider and Her Demons, which is a kind of, Young adult fantasy, uh, where the main character is a teenage girl that just also happens to be a spider demon. Oh. And uh, it's how she navigates that. And it's pretty fucking brilliant. And that came out this year? Yeah. Yeah. It's by an Australian author, but I I think it might be available internationally. I'm sure it's available at least on Kindle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, another one that I read earlier in the year as research for Michael's work that just fucking blew my mind and I think is absolutely incredible is uh, In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Mercado. It's just incredibly powerful in the way that it looks at a domestic like a an abusive domestic relationship between two women. But the way she writes it, they're like short essays where they're like a in and of them each chapter is a study of a particular genre and so each one is called the dream house as so like dream house as not a metaphor or dream house as inciting incident or set design and then she uses that form or that idea to approach an aspect of the relationship and unpack it and it's just mm. it blew my mind okay that's right at the top of my list now in the dream house by carmen maria Mercado. maria Mercado. great okay so because we are approaching the end of never shut up i thought i would draw a prism oracle card for us to guide our conversation but i always do it at the end i always mean to do it at the beginning that's a little known <laughs> fact but i always i wait to the end um and for us today i drew passion which is in the red family of cards i'm going to read this to you and let's see if this connects to nautical twilight how you perceive passion can depend on what lens you view it through passion may be associated with lust and temptation or it may suggest optimistic action like a fire in your belly this card encourages celebrating your passions in whatever form they take it asks you to acknowledge the flame that sits within you, whether it is deep conviction, interest, or love. Find what stokes your inner fire and embrace the excitement that comes along with it. Yeah, I mean, that fits it's, perfectly. Yeah, I think it's The force funny. of which I'm made. That's, yeah. That's what needs to be stoked within yourself. Stoke that force. Yeah. You know, I was watching, I was watching it, this, um, astrologer that i follow on tiktok she's maybe in her 70s and she has these like (laughs) clickbaity titles which i love because she's she seems wizened and she's like the gay astrological sign that will destroy you and it's always virgo or like the gay the biggest baby in the gay astrological family and it's always virgo but then she was like these three astrological gay guys just need to have their alone time. It doesn't mean anything about you. It's just they really need to refuel their passions. And I and she said Aquarius and Gemini. And I was just waiting for her to say Virgo because I really feel that way. And she didn't say Virgo. I even remember Sagittarius was the third one. Can you believe that? Well, I mean, I probably can believe it simply because 
people say all sorts of things when it comes to astrology. And Virgos. And Virgos. If you've ever wanted to feel really bad about yourself, search up Virgo on TikTok and see what people are saying about us. I don't know if you're a Virgo, but I am. <laughs> it's I am not a Virgo. I am an Aquarius. Oh, you are? What day? Uh, the 30th of January. Oh, that's so close to my friend Maggie. That's so cute. I used to love saying, oh, that's so Sagittarius of you. Doesn't matter what it was. That was yeah. just like, yeah. Even if they were Sagittarius or not? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> okay. the less context, the better. Like, I'm just going to start saying that's so Virgo of you, and I'm going to turn it around on everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Because it's cruel. I'm, I've, I felt red. Truly, I had to stop doing it. Maggie was like, why are you doing this? It's just making you sad. <laughs> but because I know you're a daily listener of Never Shut Up, I know that you listen two or three times a day. I am going to tell you that you have to listen to Rose next year. Rose is coming in the new year. It's going to be amazing. And so that I can hopefully turn your frown upside down, I pulled this book, 14,000 Things to Be Happy About, off my shelf. And I'm thumbing through it right now until you tell me when to stop to give you something to be happy about in the new well, year. Well, stop. Okay. And then left or right? Right. Okay. And I'm running. It's page 431. I'm running my finger up and down until you tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Hanging windows with lush curtains of velvet. Oh, God. No, thank you. In the heat of Australia? <laughs> well, that and I, I'm one of those people that can't stand the touch of velvet. Really? Oh, yeah. Meaning you just don't like the actual velvet or you don't like the look of it or the idea? No, it's it's purely the tactile. Like, it makes oh. my spine shiver. It's really? Just, like, repulsive. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, okay, then I'm going to give you something else, and I'm going to pick it this time. Since you don't know what's good for you, I'm picking Touching Toes in Bed. Look at that. And right um, above Vaudeville. So there's a comedy to it. Yeah. Touching Toes in Bed. You should be happy about. I'll take that. Okay. I'm assuming with someone else. I would think so, but also yeah. I can probably manage to touch my own toes too if necessary. Yeah, toes with toes. Anyway, follow Michael at Little Elf Man on Instagram and michaelerp.net. Anything you want to say before uh, I hand it off to Rose in the new year? Uh, no, keep up the awesome work and make sure you include me on your Scarlet's Walk season. Oh, I already had a plan to do that. <laughs> I have an idea. Okay, everybody follow Michael, Lil Elfman on Instagram. Have a wonderful day. And today's Thursday. Oh, guess what I'm doing tonight? What are you doing tonight? I'm going to David's mom's cookie party. Oh, that be sounds jealous. more fun than what I've got on tonight. What do you got going on tonight? <laughs> Teague's best friend is coming over and they're going to watch the cricket. And I have zero interest in the cricket. <laughs> what is the cricket? Is that a show or the, the sport? It's a sport. It's a... Oh, cricket. Uh, cricket. Cricket. The cricket. <laughs> the cricket. The cricket. Yes. Well, I wish I could be in Australia watching the cricket, but I have to go to a cookie party with Gaylene. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. <laughs>